Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. So this week, we're in week two of our Roots series. Hopefully, you guys walked away with something last week, and... and um, I'm enjoying this. You know, we're digging into our basic beliefs, um, which I'm drawing from the articles of faith. Okay, pop quiz. Somebody tell me, how many articles of faith do we have in the Nazarene church? 16. All right. See, I'm already, I'm a good teacher. I, I've taught y'all something. All right. Do what? Marshmallow? Is that what you just said? Oh, my goodness. So last week we talked about the first four articles and we talked about the triune God. We talked about believing in the Trinity, which is God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Scriptures having everything that we need for our salvation. So this week we're talking about everybody's favorite topic, sin. I was trying to hear those moans and groans out there. Oh, right? Sin. I know. Everybody's like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. But you know what? This is the core of Christianity. This is why we need Jesus Christ. Um, so today is a very important root for you to put into your belief system. Now, sin. We believe that there are two kinds of sin. There is what we call original and personal sin. So original sin goes all the way back into Genesis. You know, we talked about Genesis last week because we talked about God being the, the father, the creator, the sustainer. We talked about in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created. And then on that sixth day, in verse 31, it says that God looked over everything that he had made. And he said, it's very good. So God created the earth and the heavens, and he created man, and it was good. <sighs> but then Adam and Eve, we have this thing called free choice, free will. And they made wrong choices, which brought in sin. This is what we call original sin in the church, which means through Adam and Eve, original sin happened, which then all of humanity from that point on we have that ingrained into us. Now, what is sin? Everybody's like, oh, here we go. It's simple. You miss the target. Shelly, you teach archery. How many kids miss the target? And it's a pretty good-sized target, right? <laughs> um, now, now, you guys, y'all did skeet shooting this weekend. Those targets get a little bit tighter, right? But did you miss a few, Dalton? Yeah, <laughs> I was I was a little envious watching those pictures because man, I, I love me some skeet shooting tournament. Um, but sin is just simply missing the target. But you got to know what the target is. God's standard is the target, and so for Adam and Eve, it was pretty simple: don't eat out of that tree. Eat out of all these other ones. All of this, like the buffet, is over here. Just don't eat out of that one. And so in comes rebellion, in comes the selfishness of what original sin really is. You know, we know this even in babies. We think of them, oh, they're so cute and they're so sweet. Look at that little one Erica's got back. So sweet. 
But it won't be long. Those little ones start learning what? No. Give me, give me, give me. Right? That's original sin. That's an idea of what original sin is. We all have that instinct to be selfish and rebellious and want to do things our way. And then there's what we call personal sin. And personal sin simply means what it sounds like. We make choices. We all make choices. Romans 3.23. I'm going to Bible hop and, and jump around. So, man, get those apps ready. Get that Bible ready. I've been telling them on Wednesday night, you can write in your Bible. You will not go to that bad place for that. Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. So personal sin, we all make wrong choices. Even the best of the best. You know, you hear people sometimes talk about being a good person. Yeah, you can be a good person and still sin. Because sin is what? Missing God's target. His standard. And so verse 23 says we've all sinned. I I, I want y'all to catch on to that this morning because it levels the playing field. Because I know personally not being raised in the church how I felt when I would walk into the church that I was somehow less than all these other people that have been in church all their life. I somehow felt like I was missing out on things because they know things that I don't know, so they must be better than me. And this tells me right here, we're all on the same playing field. Everyone has sinned. Well, that's kind of depressing. What do we, what do we do about that? Verse 24, yet God. I love that little phrase. Yet God. In his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So so what do we do? See, because sin separates us from God. When you look at Adam and Eve, it separated them. They started out in perfect union with God. They walked through the garden with God every day talking to him. And as soon as sin entered, what did they do? They hid from him. Sin separates us from God. But see, God loves us, yet God, in his grace, in his mercy, sent his son, Jesus Christ. Why? For atonement. One of those big words. Y'all are like, man, she's going to be doing these big words. Great, I'm increasing your vocabulary. All of my teachers said, amen, increase that vocabulary, right? In John 3, now we all love John chapter 3, verse 16, yeah? I mean, we, that's, that's a go-to, right? But sometimes we miss all the things that get wrapped around it. When we talk about atonement, why Jesus Christ came. John 3, 14, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. 
He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into this world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came to pay that price of atonement. What does that mean? We know reading through the law, don't we love the law, Miss Diane? Miss Diane loves reading about the law. That when sin happens, there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be atonement made to cleanse the person. Oh, I'm so gracious that we don't have to do all of that anymore. Because poor Sherry would be up here constantly steam cleaning all the blood off my carpet, right? And she ain't got time to do that. You see, Jesus came to pay that price once and for all, so we don't have to do that. And atonement is God's way of reconciling people back to himself, of making people right to be in his presence again. That's what atonement does. Jesus was that atonement once and for all. Once and for all. Not some of you. Not a couple of you that are good. Once and for all. And then I love Prevenient Grace, another article that we have. Prevenient Grace talks about, you know, if, if through Adam sin came into all people, through Jesus righteousness came for everyone. It's about this new life that's available to all people. We, we know through Prevenient Grace that, that these little ones, even though they're born with that original sin, they're not old enough yet to make that decision, and we know that this righteousness covers them. We know that there are, or there are some, um, like my sister, that maybe can't grasp a hold of all of this. Righteousness is for them. But my favorite thing with Prevenient Grace is the fact that God is already there with me before I'm even seeking him. Does that make sense to you? That he's already working in our lives before we're looking for him. Romans 5.18 says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. And you see, with prevenient grace, I love it because it means that way before I was even thinking about who Jesus was, God was already working in my life. You know that saying, hindsight's twenty twenty. I bet most of us can look back before that moment you received Jesus, and we can share stories of the people in our lives that influenced us, of, of how God directed us into certain, you know, I don't know, he moved me to Wicks, Arkansas in a place that I thought was forgotten by man. <laughs> but then I learned that it's a great place to live that kind of vacuums us from so much of the world where you hear from God. Because I've seen a lot of preachers come out of this area. And I really believe it's because... God knows this is where some people need to be. Hindsight, looking back, I can see that 
crazy uh, sweet maid in college that I thought was nuts, actually. And she became one of the biggest influences God used in my life. That's provenient grace. Provenient grace is God reminding me when I pray for my kids and I get worried about my kids and God, I don't know, I'm not sure about the choices they're making. And he just reminds me in a soft voice and says, BJ, you remember how you were in college, in high school? And I found you. And I worked in your life. And he'll say, I know where your kids are. I got it. That's provenient grace. So even before you start looking, God is already working. And that's available to everyone. Now here's your word you're going to recognize. Repentance. All right? Repentance. Everybody recognizes it. But maybe sometimes we don't exactly know what we think we know about it. Romans 2, verse 4. I told you all I was going to be jumping around. And I'm doing this on purpose because I want you to understand you need to dive into your scriptures. You need to know what God has for you. 2, verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin. See, that's what repentance is, turning from the sin. Now, our theme, we, we talked last week about roots and, and different, different things about the roots, but do you know what root rot is? Have you ever dealt with root rot? And sometimes you don't even know you have it till it's really too late. Like, I am horrible. Like, it's almost shameful. I come from a green thumb family. My family is a family of florists. My grandpa grew his own plants. Like, you know, the florists will have plants shipped into. My grandpa grew his own. He didn't have it shipped in, right? I'm not so good with it at all. I think it's because I just don't pay enough attention. And so when my plant starts looking a little, what do I do? I just keep pouring water. I'm obviously not watering it enough. Not water. I don't know, maybe this is just me. And then sometimes I go and I'm like, well, I'll just pull off this one dead piece of it. And when I do, the whole thing comes up and there's zero roots to it. That's root rot. Like there's nothing there, right? What causes root rot? Too much water. (laughs) You have to make sure that it's getting drained properly, right? Lack of oxygen, Maybe it gets root bound uh, where there's too many roots for the pot. So you need a bigger size pot to put it in. Did you know sometimes you have to transfer these things? They don't just stay in what they come in at Walmart. Who knew, right? (laughs) Yeah, Dorothy, you don't want to see my plants, Dorothy. They're, they're kind of pathetic. I tell you. Um, I have, I have a one thing that I'm proud of. I have an aloe plant that actually survived through our fire in our trailer. But now it was Reba that helped maybe that thing, you know, kind of deal. And, and I kind of keep it. But again, I'm just not real great with this stuff. But with root rot, you've just got to know that it's the environment. It's things that happen around that root that, that causes the problem. Sometimes you need a new container. Sometimes you got to put new soil in there, right? You have to, to give it a better nutrient-filled soil. You have to be able to make sure that it can drain. So if your pot doesn't have a hole at the bottom so extra water can come out when needed, 
you could be giving it a bad environment. And sometimes the best thing, and I never knew this actually, when there is a problem, pull it up, look at your roots, and actually cut the bad roots off. I really never thought of that. See what I mean? I I just missed the whole green thumb thing out of my family somehow. I think it was because I was in the corner of the greenhouse playing in that excess dirt Papa had, and I wasn't watching what Papa was doing over there, right? So repentance is not just, I'm sorry, God. Repentance is a turning away from sin, like opposite direction. God said in this verse 4 that he was kind and tolerant and patient with you. Why? Because he wants you to turn away from sin. Like the root rot, there may be some things we need to clip and get rid of when that happens. Now think about this for a minute, church. This is, this is what we believe. Everything that we've been talking about since last week, we believe that God is the Father. He's the creator. That means that the earth and the heaven, they're his. So it's his standard, not ours. We believe Jesus is the son of God. He is fully God. He came down. He paid that atonement for our sins on the cross. He was raised again. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We talked last week, the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus, he lives inside of us. What what did we say he was doing? He's convicting us of our sins. He's leading us to truth. We, we talked about the scriptures. What are the scriptures? Everything we need for our salvation is in this book. Whether we agree or disagree with historical facts or scientific facts or whatever, everything you need for your salvation is in this book. And today we're talking about sin. We believe that sin separates us from God. And repentance is that moment when we realize we're separated and we realize we need to turn and start walking towards God. That's repentance. And the Bible tells me that now, today, is the day of salvation. And that's so important because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed when you leave this building. You're not guaranteed to leave this building. Now, today, is the day of salvation. Now, there's these other words in our articles of faith. Teachers, I'm I'm increasing vocabulary. Say amen. And it's called justification, regeneration, and adoption. Now, Romans 3, if you, if you look at Romans 3, you can read verses 21 through 26, and it tells us more about this, about, I love verse 21, it says, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We're made right by Jesus Christ. Now the law has still has its purposes, by the way. It teaches us good morals and things that we still need to follow. Jesus, he taught us those things as we watched his ministry in the Gospels. But we're not bound by that law, the ceremonial laws. Because we have Jesus Christ now. And justification, that's a a big word. And and let me tell you, 
all of this stuff, I know it can sound so confusing. I didn't know this stuff when I was in junior high and I accepted Jesus Christ. When I was in junior high, what I knew was this thing called sin that separates me from God. And I knew, God, I I haven't really paid a lot of attention to you. And I knew I needed Jesus Christ. I figured out that I wasn't getting to heaven no matter how good I was without Jesus Christ. And I said a prayer. I pretty much summed up all I knew in junior high. And you're like, then why are you teaching us all this stuff? Because this is the stuff that was happening that I didn't know was happening in my life. That 30 years later, I'm still learning about some of this stuff, drawing deeper. So justification is a, a, a word that simply, it's a legal term. God granted us full pardon from our sins that we committed. Full pardon. Do you know what a pardon does? If, you, if you've dealt with legal issues, it means gone. It means you, you resume back to a new life. You are forgiven. Full pardon. Now notice, full pardon, not diplomatic immunity. What's the difference? Diplomatic immunity means I'm good even in the future when I'm still doing my stuff. Right? Free choice. We believe that, and I'm not talking about, oh, I lost my temper today, I don't have salvation. No, 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 no. But every one of us still can walk away from God, living our own life. Therefore, canceling that covenant with God. But full pardon, justification means at that moment that you receive Jesus Christ, you got a full pardon. Second word in that, that category was regeneration. It means new birth, new life. When you're growing a plant, you, you can take something that seems dead, but if it has roots. Anybody ever cut a tree down and think it's gone and then it starts growing back again? Why? Because the roots were still there. The roots were still good, and that tree put up a new shoot. Regeneration. Do you remember the story of Nicodemus, who was a religious leader? He was a Pharisee. What does that mean? It means that Old Testament, he knew it backwards and forwards. And he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night with some questions, and he says, you know, we believe you're from God. We can tell that by what we're seeing. And Jesus said, oh, it's more than that. And he tells Nicodemus, he said, to enter the kingdom of God, a man has to be born two times. Once in the human form from his mom, and the second time from the Holy Spirit, a spiritual rebirth. And of course, Nicodemus says, what? He was like, are you nuts? Like, how can a man? He's like, look at me, I'm a man. I can't crawl back into the womb and be born again. This doesn't make sense. And have you ever thought about Jesus having this conversation? Because he actually has a tone of, Nicodemus, you should know this. Which tells me that everything in that Old Testament 
was enough for them to recognize who Jesus is. Like, some people could argue, well, Jesus hadn't even died on the cross yet. How would he know this? Because God had already provided what they needed to know. And they missed it. They missed the Messiah. So what does this mean, this second rebirth, this spiritual rebirth? The moment you receive Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. You are reborn again, which starts the process of regeneration. And think about that for a moment. When you cut that tree down to the stump, it didn't just wake up and boom, Jack and the Beanstalk, you had a brand new tree, did it? It starts small and it continues to grow. So at that moment of salvation, the regeneration process starts again. Titus 3. Titus 3, verse 3, once we too were foolish and disobedient. Remember, that's what sin is. We're rebellious, we're selfish, we're disobedient. Because you have to understand, sin is not just about, here's a list of things we don't do. Sin sometimes becomes what God asks us to do and we refuse to do it. So once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Whew, that sounds like CNN this morning. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Regeneration, new life, made brand new. Regrowth. Now, adoption, we know what this one is. We're made a child of God. We enter the family of God. Now, all of these things, um, justification, regeneration, adoption, that sounds so complicated, BJ. I don't even know if I've, all of this has happened in my life. Yes, it has. This is not a three-step process. Again, remember I said I didn't know what this was when I got saved in junior high. These are things that I learned about later. This is what I learned happened. Think of it like this. When you go into the the doctors to have a procedure done, you really don't know what all goes in to that operation or that procedure, do you? Until maybe later. Trust me, Google it after it happens, not before. (laughs) Because too many times you won't go in for the procedure if you (laughs) Google it before, right? But you learn about it after. So this is what I learned after the fact, that that moment in my bedroom, in this little bitty room, the size of probably the women's bathroom. My bedroom was so small in my house. And I'm not even exaggerating, am I, Thomas? My, my, just sort of my bed fit there. It really wasn't a bedroom. It was something I made a bedroom in our house. And in that little bedroom, second story of the house, I just said, God, I'm sorry, I've sinned, 
And I need Jesus Christ as my Savior because I want to go to heaven. But all three of these things were happening at that moment. Because at that moment, justification. At that moment, regeneration. At that moment, I'm a child of God. And that's true for every one of you sitting here today. And those of you that are online with us, it's not a a process for you to work through. This is what God did in that moment. Oh, but the enemy is telling you lies. Because you hear the voice, you're not justified. Because do you know everything that you've done? Like, let me list it for you if you've forgotten. Mm Mm-mm. Justification, full pardon. The lies the enemy tell us is, you're not made new. Look at you. You're still dirty and you still do this. And you, No. Regeneration, regrowth has started. Some of the lies that continue to tell you, you're, you're never going to be a part of God's family. Like, I don't even care that you're sitting here today because if all these people knew what you did, They wouldn't let you be a part of the family. Guess what? They don't get to decide. It's God that adopts us. And we all know what that's like. We don't always like all of our siblings, right? But we're still family. We are still family. And we have been adopted into God's family as a child of God. And if you know anything about adoption, that means you have full rights just as a natural born son or daughter does. That's adoption. All these lies, though, when Satan comes in and tells you that, no, she, she's just making this stuff up. Like, this, this ain't happened in you yet. Lies. Root rot. Cut it out. Write down these scriptures. Text me after church and say, BJ, okay, I was slacking. I wasn't writing it down. Can you send me those scriptures so I can study more this week? Yes, I can. I will do that. So my question today, church question is, are you ready to respond to this? Because see, when we talk about sin, there has to be a response. You have to respond to to what we know now. And here's what we understand today. Sin separates us from God. And your sin cannot be removed by anything you do. I don't care how many homeless people you feed. I don't care how much money you give to missions. I don't care how great your tithes are, but that's okay. Go ahead and keep putting them in there. I do like them. Sandy does too. Big smile. Got a smile on Miss Sandy. But none of that, none of that pays atonement for your sin. Only Jesus Christ does that. So we can't remove or atone for those sins, but Jesus did. My question is, Will you accept him today? And you are looking at your neighbors going, wait, we, we, we're already in church. Like, don't we? I don't care how long you've sat here, 50 years. Maybe you really never accepted Jesus Christ. Because again, sitting here every Sunday with me doesn't make atonement. It's only when you say that name, Thomas said, Jesus it's only when you understand, God, I'm a good person, though. God, I, I, I like my neighbors. I take care of people. But have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? Have you ever said, God, 
Even if it's just original sin, I'm separated from you and I need to be reconciled back. Have you ever done that? Do you have that distinct memory in your brain? And I'm not talking about give me time and date stamp because I can't tell you that. I don't know the date or the time of that moment in my bedroom. But I can tell you that moment in my bedroom happened. And if you can't tell me that moment, today is your moment. Today is your moment. And then there's some of you, okay, you've had that moment, but you've been living in the lies. And you, you still have been bound. And I, I want God to set you free today that you are fully justified. You are being regenerated to be more and more like him every day. And you are a family member with me. Welcome to the family of God. These altars are open. And if we can... If we can run around town and we can, we can do the things we, we do outside these walls, let's do the things we need to do inside these walls too. And you know, it's okay if you don't want to come here, but at least when we pray, would you just put a hand up so that people know to pray for you, that I've accepted this call today. Stand with me, church. If something tugged at your heart this morning, come, say that name, Jesus, and accept everything he's done for you today. Maybe it's your first time, and that's okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's the fact that you heard me talk about living in these lies. You didn't understand all of this stuff that took place the moment you accepted Jesus. You just thought it was a ticket punched. No. It was so much more than a ticket punched. Are you ready to live like it now? Dear Heavenly Father, we come today in your presence, and I just ask that your spirit right now, God, continue to lead us into truth. Convict us of sin, Lord. Hmm. Somebody needs to respond to that today, Lord. They need to respond that, God, I, I know I've been separated. I've not been living life. I have missed your standard. I have missed your target, Lord. And I accept the grace of Jesus Christ today. That, God, it's more than just getting to heaven. It's about being in the kingdom now. God, I pray for the hearts this morning that as we are building our roots, may things in their life begin to regenerate into newness, to be more and more like you and less like the world. Lord, let your spirit move here today. Right now, if you want your family of God to pray for you, could you just slip a hand up? so we can see. Thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand and that hand. Lord, you are in the business of reconciliation, regeneration, new life, new life in the name of Jesus. And God, I know that some of these hands, whatever, whatever they are dealing with today, you are right there. You're convicting. You're leading to truth of how you see them. And I bind the, the enemy's voice in their, their minds that are he's going to attack even before they make it home today. I bind those things. 
so that they can hear the voice of truth. May the scriptures come alive. May a hunger in their hearts begin as they dive deeper into your word, drawing closer to you. Father, somebody here today, they, they, they feel too embarrassed. They feel like they can't make the move yet. But God, I pray that your spirit will continue to nudge them. That prevenient grace is still working in them today. And may they hear your voice. And at that sound of Jesus, the enemy will flee today. Father, I pray for the flock today that is here, the ones that are online with us, that your spirit protect them from the evil one. And God, we know bad things still happen in this world, but may you surround their hearts and their souls to protect them from the bitterness. Father, I just don't want to rush out until every heart is clear with you. We love you, Lord. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who became that atonement on that cross that I couldn't pay. I thank you for that grace and the mercy that you have shown, Lord. And I pray that as we leave this place, people will know we've been in your presence by the glory on our face. And may we share that with others we come in contact with today. May we share our testimony of that moment of grace that we remember in our own lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Church family, go have a beautiful day with your families, but be a blessing to someone else. And I will see you on Wednesday.
I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.